98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. On the Burns and Gambo Show. Presented by Santan Ford and the Arizona Cardinals. You're the boss at Santan Ford. It is a football Friday here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. The season opener coming up on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals, the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, you'll hear it right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. And yeah, every Friday at 3 o'clock, we get the pleasure of talking Cardinals football with General Manager Steve Kime, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. Steve, welcome back to the show. Thank you for your time. You know we appreciate it. Great, great to be on, gentlemen. Steve, I know a, a lot of teams. You know, they, their goal is to just get through training camp, these preseason games, to unscathed, to be as healthy as you can. Right now, you guys got eleven guys that are on the the injured list. Some of the guys are going to play, some aren't. But you know, h- how do you feel about the approach you guys had in the preseason and where you are now with eleven guys that are injured? Well, I think I think um, Cliff had a great approach to this offseason, but at the same time, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of soft tissue issues that not only that we're dealing with, but you know, the, the National Football League is dealing with in general. So it's uh, it's it's just been tough, and and we're trying to get through it. Uh, luckily for us, these guys aren't going to miss a significant amount of time, but there are some players that are going to miss a game or two. Is JJ Watt going to miss this first game? You know what? He's going to be a game time decision. A guy that'll go out and work out for Tom Reed and his staff and see if he can go. But um, we're not sure at this point. This is our first chance to talk to you. You know, over the course of the entire off season, and, and I, I know there's just been a lot that's transpired for you, your teams. The injuries aside, and I know that's a big deal to put aside. What do you feel is the organization's level of readiness going into Week One against the Chiefs? Well, I think I think we're prepared. I think we had a good um, off season. I think the, the preseason football was, um, you know, the guys executed well. Um, Cliff, I thought, did a fantastic job. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we got some of these guys that are core players re-signed. You know, Jalen Thompson, Hump, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, guys like that. Marcus Golden, we just got done the other day that uh, we extended. So, you know, to be able to uh, tie up some of those guys that you feel are your core players and certainly deserved extensions. Uh, that, that, to me, is exciting. Let, let's talk about Marcus, because at one point he had tweeted out, undervalued, underappreciated, underpaid, and you guys went out there and you took that contract and you gave him a real big uh, real big uh, raise on top of that. How important was that for you, and does that send us a, a message to other players that, hey, you know, you, you do the right thing here, you'll be taken care of? I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it's you know, Marcus and I have a great uh, relationship. We'd be able to sit down and, and have really candid conversations. The thing about Marcus is, is, is he is just all emotion. I mean, he's a, he's a you know balls out player that um, gives you everything he has. And and to me, the one thing about um, him is we have a great relationship. You know, we have the ability to be open and honest. And um, you know, I just think that the guy deserved a, an extension. And obviously, he's uh, been rewarded now, and he's excited and. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, too bad players can't give money back when they don't have a good year, right? That'd be if that worked the other way, it'd be awesome. There's no doubt. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, contracts. You know, they 
they protect the teams and the players in some different situations. But uh, there have been some players, obviously, that um, have not lived up to their expectations. Uh, there's definitely some units we want to ask you about. I'm going to start with your your, your guys' ability to rush the passer. I think, as you know, I wasn't a Chandler Jones fan. I think he had a couple of good games, and he disappeared in many, many of the games. But uh, you guys go out there, you draft a couple of players. Do you feel like you've adequately, adequately replaced Chandler? And how do you feel about your pass rush right now? Well, I think it'd be hard to, to, to say that we replaced Chandler Jones. I mean, a guy that had that kind of sack production. But at the same time, you know, we drafted a couple different players that uh, I feel are, are guys that, you know, have a bright future. Uh, Dennis Gardak and, and obviously Marcus Golden. They, they have the ability to get after the quarterback. And Vance Joseph. You know, I think Vance Joseph does a phenomenal job of scheming up our defense and putting us in a position to succeed. So I think that, um, you know, I think our defense is going to be uh, really, really good and again when you have a secondary like we do with guys like Buda and Jalen Thompson who I think is the best natural tackler in space um, you know I think we'll have a chance to be a good football team. Do your safeties do you think can that overcome deficiencies you might have at the corner position when it comes to the depth there or maybe the lack of depth there Steve? Well, there's always, you know, a chance. I mean, when you when you have those those kind of safeties, especially guys that can cover in the slot, guys who can get off the hash and have that kind of range and speed and athleticism, uh, like those two do, they can certainly help. But the biggest thing is, again, is playing with technique and playing with with the type of scheme that Vance is going to put in place. And again, I know he'll protect some of those guys and put them in a position where they can have success. Steve Keim, general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It was obviously an unusual offseason when it comes to the corner position. It was a tragic offseason when it comes to the corner position. What is your level of comfort with the guys that you have there going into week one? Obviously, the trade, the waiver claim, etc., the things that you've done in the last couple of weeks. What's your level of comfort with what you've got back there right now? Well, you know, I think there's always a, um, you know, a different uh, say position when I and when I say corner I mean I think everybody can see that you know you're probably a little concerned about the depth there and um, you know it's, it's every team has got those issues you know whether it's your left tackle your corner your quarterback those those are the hardest positions to find and obviously at, at corner for us you know with, with obviously the off season and the terrible terrible um, news that we got um, obviously affected our team and, and but but I think you know Byron Murphy and, and I think uh, Ham and those guys I think they're going to be able to step up and be able to play extremely well but again it is a position that we're going to constantly look for, for guys that can continually come in here and help us let, let me ask you about Robert Alford. I know you guys uh, were interested in bringing him back at the end of last season, and there's some thought that maybe if you wait past the you know the first week or so, and when the contracts aren't guaranteed, you might be able to add a player. Is there is he finished, or is there a chance that he could come back to the roster? Phil, you know, with the fact that he knows this defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get into specifics, but, but but I did have conversations with Robert, and you know, I think he's focused on his family at this point in time. Let's talk, let's talk about this running back situation, which we were all fascinated by. I mean, you kept the five running backs. I kind of thought you would because Keontae played so well. You might not have gotten, gotten him through to the practice squad, uh, but there's probably little chance you're going to dress five. How do you see the running back situation going forward in this game against Kansas City? Well, you know, a number of those guys can play on special teams. And, and as you just said, Keontae, I mean, he had a, 
Gretzky had a preseason that, that he did enough things that really excited us in terms of looking at a young back that can be a future player. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Benjamin has stepped up to the plate. He has really matured and, and, and done some good things for us. And then obviously James Conner signing him back is, is going to be the big, um, you know, obviously the, the, the big cog in the wheel. So he'll, he'll carry the load, but at the same time, we'll have some other players that can step in and do some different things. Who do you expect to be the primary backup to James? You know, I think Eno is going to have an opportunity to do a number of different things. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a there's a host of guys, obviously, with keeping five. There's a number of those guys that can step in and, and do a good job. Again, you obviously got to be up on game day, which, you know, usually is you have to dress. You have to be on special teams. But at the same time, again, you know, you have to be able to step up to the plate and be able to answer the bell and not only do things in the passing game, the run game, but also on special teams. Steve Kimer, guest here on the Burns and Gambo show for just a couple more minutes. Once the Kyler contract extension was done and in the rearview mirror, I don't know if there were two players that we talked about more here on the show than Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. From your perspective, their level of readiness going into year three for Isaiah, year two for Zayvon, and the impact they can have on this defense. How, how ready are they to take both that kind of next step in their career, Steve? Yeah, I think those guys both had fantastic camps. I think Zayvon obviously has um, continued to trend in the right direction in terms of, you know, understanding his defensive scheme and being able to call it to be able to get downhill and play physical. And then uh, Isaiah Simmons, I think that, that Vance has done a great job of being creative and using them in different packages uh, where he can excel, you know, where he can play in space. He can do some different things in coverage. Uh, and they were the things that, that we were excited about when he came out of Clemson. So I think both of those guys are going to have Seasons. Steve, we appreciate the time. Thank you for uh, spending a few minutes with us. Good luck against Kansas City. Thanks, man. Good to be on. That's Steve Kime joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line on the Burns and Gambo Show. Cardinals Chiefs coming up Sunday. You'll hear it here, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. As always, you can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line's wide open for you at 620-620. We get a chance. We will read the best ones on the year. When we come back, this new Chiefs defense, how are they going to prepare for something they don't get a lot of? And that's Kyler Murray. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. So, by now, I imagine most of you probably know about the injury situation for the Cardinals. It is extensive going into the week one opener for a team that works so hard to protect itself during the offseason and the during bubble August. Wrap broke. The bubble the bubble. Did they, they have, have cheap bubble wrap? Well, no, you know what happened? You can't have was, cheap bubble wrap. Sometimes you get something in bubble wrap and yeah. you just want to sit there and pop all the bubbles. I think somebody popped all the Cardinals bubbles with their bubble wrap. Because you, sometimes you get those and you, yeah. just, you sit there pop. Pop, 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 pop. Did nobody I, put the fragile uh, sticker on these players? Apparently not, because fragile. Cody Ford's out. Trayvon Mullen Jr.'s out. Rondell Moore is out with a hamstring injury. Zach Ertz, Byron Murphy, Justin Pugh, J.J. Watt, all questionable for this game. And then you look on the other side of the aisle. We have a bye week now. There's not one player on the Kansas City Chiefs who's on the injury report. Nobody's uh, out. Nobody's questionable. 
They've they've got a full boat. That's crazy. They've got a full boat. They're yeah. ready to go. With Sydney, with eleven guys injured right now. Right, yeah. eleven. So one 11. of the big questions beyond the injuries, one of the big questions for the Cardinals going into this game, and for the Chiefs going into this game too, is how they deal with Kyler Murray because it is it, it, there's not a lot of soft spots on Kansas City. No. Right, there's a reason they're expected to compete for a Super Bowl. One of the perceived soft, soft spots is how they do against mobile quarterbacks and how specifically this defense is prepared to do against a mobile quarterback in Kyler because Steve Spagnuolo, the the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, man, he was talking glowing terms about Kyler the other day. Yeah, he, you know, he said, you know, he's the guy. He can wreck a game. Oh, I have it. I, oh, you I, got, the, you got the wreck the game? Play I have it, it right yeah, here. I didn't it. realize I did. There's plenty of skill out there. Uh, the the one, number one guy, obviously, is the quarterback. Uh, not just jersey number, uh, but he's the guy. He can wreck a game, right? He can wreck a game throwing it. He can wreck a game running it. So that'll be the major focus. But we're not, uh, we're certainly not sleeping on any of those other skilled guys that they have. And the offense stretches you with skill. And they'll put four wideouts in, and they get a lot of space. They give number one, you know, all kinds of space. And that's, that's where we got to be, try to be better. And that's the one thing that he's going to have to deal with is Kyler Murray. He has not faced Kyler Murray at all. Sunday's going to be the first time that Spagnuolo has had to face Murray. But like you mentioned, this isn't the first time he's facing a quarterback like that because they've gone up against Lamar Jackson in the past, but not had much success against Lamar Jackson. No, they haven't. They haven't had a lot of success against running quarterbacks at all. Last year, the Ravens beat the Chiefs 36-35 in a comeback victory in that game. Lamar Jackson, three total touchdowns, 239 passing yards, 107 rushing yards. How many, in how that many game. passing? He had 239 passing. And 107 and rushing. 107 rushing. Wow. And recorded three total touchdowns on his own. Uh, and then, of course, they point out in the same story that I was reading that Kyler last year against the Titans, 309 all purpose yards, five total touchdowns. And, and Spags went on to say, quote, he's electric like Lamar. This guy gives you the same headaches, not just on design quarterbacks' runs, but when he decides. To run, what's going on? With I can't hear Bernsey. Microphone. Where did my microphone? <laughs> yeah, there you go. go. There is my back now. Yeah, you're back. That was the weirdest. That was weird. I have you just kept it going lower. That was lower. the weirdest. Lower. Was, How low can Bernsey go? Seriously, it's like I was I doing the, the on-air limbo. What was happening? My it was microphone the on-air was limbo fading on its own, and then fi- and then also poof, poof, he's gone. <laughs> There's no more Bernsey. I was like Kaiser Sose, just like that. You know what, there are some listeners out it's, there on our show who'd be very happy to hear my mic get faded down like that. What would be more happy about my mic being faded down? But there are definitely some that would like to see your mic faded down. That's the weirdest thing ever, yeah. by the way. Okay, whatever. He, so we move on. He, yes. Here's what he said. Here's an interesting cut by Spagnola too. I don't know if you have this one. But it's not about the explosive hit on Murray. It's about keeping him corralled and somehow getting him down. That's going to take more than one person. He makes one person miss in space. So it's still going to come back to playing relentless football and getting a lot of guys around the ball, especially when he decides to tuck it and run. So the game plan seems to be very much like we're going to try to contain him. Like we are, you know, we want him to throw the ball. We don't want him to run. So we're going to try to contain him with our defensive ends. Now, Casey's got some cornerbacks. That's their real concern coming into the game. The most experienced corner is Rashad Fenton, and he's only been around since 2019. He was a sixth-round draft pick. They got Lejarius Sneed, was drafted in the fourth round in 2020. Both of these guys are 25 years old. Um, 
So, you know, even last year they were young at quarterback, and a lot of those guys are gone. Chavarius Ward, Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker. So that's the area of concern for them, you know. And even with, you know, even with Sneed, right? Sneed's like their veteran guy. Uh, he had a he had a bad year last year. Gave up 67 receptions in 15 games. That was tied for the second most catches allowed by a cornerback all of last season. So that is where both of these both of these quarterbacks. Let's be honest. I mean, both quarterbacks are licking their chops going up against the the corners of the other team. The quarterbacks versus the corners. It's a big plus for Mahomes, but it's also a big plus for Murray. Yeah, and that's where if you expect a shootout, that's where I think the Cardinals get a little hamstrung here is because I, I agree there are the, the cornerbacks for both teams are something that could be exploited. I, I think what worries me about this is kind of twofold. Number one, it's the uncertainty of the Cardinals pass rush, you know, not knowing exactly what you've got there, hoping J.J. Watt can play. Marcus Golden has missed the last month with the toe injury and the contract. Uh, who's the other pass rusher opposite him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas Kansas City, they're, they're, you know, Chris Jones can get after the quarterback. Uh, I'll be really curious to see Karloftis, the rookie out of Purdue, yeah. how he does in this game. They've got Carlos Dunlap, who on the surface doesn't sound like much. Man, he punished the Arizona Cardinals last, last year. Final game of the season, yeah, right? With the Seattle Seahawks. He had a tremendous game. So that, that number one... Two sacks, I think. I believe you're right. Uh, Kansas City's pass rush just feels better than the Cardinals and then the wide receiver position for the Cards. I, I mean, that's at least with Kansas City, yeah, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Juju Smith-Schuster. They have Marquez Valdez-Scandling. They, they've got guys that have done it in this league to varying degrees of success. The Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They're not going to have Rondell Moore. They, they, yeah, they still have A.J. Green, and of course, this is Hollywood Brown's debut, but the Cardinals at wide receiver feel thin because of the Hopkins suspension and the Rondell Moore injury, whereas at least with Kansas City, their receiving core seems like it's going to be up to the task, and their pass rush ability seems like it's a little in a better spot than the Cardinals. I just, I just feel better well, about that going into this for Kansas City. Yeah, that whole pass rush last year suffered when Hopkins went down. The whole thing suffered. Now, part of it could have been, you know, Murray wasn't 100% healthy, but he's had enough games with playing without Hopkins, so these next six, like, you should be used to it. I think Hollywood Brown helps a lot because that could be his primary target, and there's a lot of familiarity there, and you can get over the top. Just like just like they have Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster who take the top off the ball. Um, you know, you've got Hollywood Brown here who could do the same thing, so that's another threat. But listen... He's been throwing up to Andy Isabella for years. He knows Dorch. A.J. Green, this is the second year. A.J.'s talked a lot about how we're going to make sure we're on the same page this year. It's going to be better. I'm not as worried about it. I think Kyler, I'll be surprised if Kyler doesn't have a good game throwing the ball, even without some of their key receivers, because I think that's probably where they're deepest. I think that's one of the deepest areas on the team is wideout. I'll be a lot less worried about it as long as Zach Ertz is available in that game. Yeah, yeah I, mean, as, I get that. And, and, and um, Max Williams, good. I'm glad to hear he's ready to go. And, of course, I'm curious to see what Trent McDuffie brings. Or not Trent McDuffie, I'm Trey sorry. Trent McBride. Trent McBride, thank you. I was getting my You my want Trent dra- McDuffie, yeah. <laughs> I was getting my draft He's on Kansas up. City. I'll be curious to see what he brings to the table. Zach Ertz needs to play in this game. He needs to play in this game. I, it's just no more, no DeAndre Hopkins. I, I I like what they have at receiver. I just don't know if it's enough if Zach Ertz doesn't play. The Chiefs defense struggled with mobile quarterbacks last season, ranked last in total rushing on quarterback runs. Last. So not just Lamar Jackson. 
But when they went up against mobile quarterbacks, they were the worst team in the NFL at defending those mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's not just the Cardinals and the Chiefs. It's a whole slate full of games on Sunday. Some of them are very good. Some of them are very compelling. We'll go through some of the top ones next on the Burns and Gambo show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Gambo and I were talking before the show. Every single week, every single Friday on ESPN.com, they they have a story. And, and he and I both see it. We read it. We email it to each other. I don't even know why we do it at this point because I know you're going to have it in your email. And you know I'm going to have it in, my, in mine. ESPN.com, NFL Week 1 Game Pick, Schedule Guide, Fantasy Football Tips, Odds, Injuries, Stats to Know, and more. And it's like this perfectly definitive guide to everything that's on the weekend in the National Football League. And it's great. You read through it, it, and there's so many little nuggets of information in there about every single game, including the Cardinals and the Chiefs. What has stood out to me, and I just want to bring it up, two has never lost to the Patriots. Yeah. Two has never lost to the Patriots. And, and Bill Belichick has never lost to the same team four times in a row the entire time he's been the coach of the Patriots. That Those are both in jeopardy when the Dolphins take on the Tua Patriots this weekend. Tua owns the Patriots. Yeah. And, and he's undefeated and against Belichick them. Belichick is struggling against Miami. He's 0-3 in his last three against them. There are... Look, it's week one. There are really good games this weekend. There are. It's not going to be like this every week. It's loaded this week. Um, well, let's start in the division, 49ers and Bears. Let's do it. Um, this is the perfect game for Trey Lance. The Bears are terrible. They might be the worst team in the league. They're really bad. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, eight ticks uh, apart. They were taken in the NFL draft. But even though it's on the road in Chicago, and Chicago is usually a tough place to play because of the, the, the wind and everything, I think this is a great game for him. I mean, for everybody that's saying, oh, looking over your shoulders with Jimmy Garoppolo, there are some games on this schedule early that I think he could have a lot of success, and this is one of those games. So the 49ers have that great defense. They'll punish the Bears all day long, and I think that he could get healthy, not healthy against them, but I think he could have a solid game against them and put up a lot of points and maybe take a little bit of the pressure off for, for people that are still thinking that Garoppolo should be the guy. It's a nice, soft start for Trey Lance this season. You just we talked about this a terrible. little bit yesterday. You're at the Bears, then you're home against the Seattle Seahawks right out of the chute. Then it, it gets tough after that. Then it's at Denver, home against the Rams, and then it eases up again a little bit when you're at Carolina, at, at Atlanta. But if you're if you're Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if you could have drawn this up any better other than maybe starting at home for Trey Lance to get a nice, easy indoctrination into being the regular full-time starter for this team. And, and of course, I, I, look, I think the 49ers are honestly one of the most compelling teams to watch and one of the most hard-to-figure-out teams to watch in all the NFL all year long. Their roster is so good, but now they've got the George Kittle injury they're dealing with. I haven't seen their injury report, but i got to imagine he's at least questionable for the game with a groin injury. Uh, Kyle Shanahan spoke this morning about how, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether George Kittle is going to be available. I questionable, but... Um let me see if there's anything else on their injury report, because I did take a look at that earlier today. Uh, I think there was only two guys, just just Kittle and an offensive lineman named Daniel Brunskill is out. 
Hmm. So Kittle didn't practice all week. Um, so and again, he's one of the best tight ends in the whole league. But I didn't see anything out of those two outside of those two guys. How nice to only have two guys on the injury report. Yeah, we have the Cardinals have eleven. <laughs> I have injury report envy over yeah, here. Yeah, the Bears have two guys: <laughs> Vilas Jones Jr., Dominique Robinson. Two guys on the, the injured the list. Chiefs have done. Cardinals, uh, the, Chiefs Chiefs have have none. the Chiefs don't Cardinals have, have anybody on their injury report. The Cardinals have eleven. I think the Cardinals eleven out. is more than the entire NFC West combined. <laughs> I think you might be right. Soft landing, soft start for Trey Lance at Chicago. That's one to watch. What one do you want to go to next? Tell me. What, what game do you want to talk about? Let's do Raiders and Chargers, because to me, I think that is such a big game. That is one I'm really... The Chargers spent so much money. They got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, but we know what the Raiders did, getting Devontae Adams to pair with Carr and Chandler Jones, and both of those teams are looking to try to unseat Kansas City and 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 win that. That West is just going to be so great, but Raiders at the Chargers, to me, it doesn't get any better than that. No, I think that one's a really good one, and, and yesterday, if you missed our show, Gambo and I had this kind of this conversation about picking teams versus the field, like who's going to win the Super Bowl championship, and how many teams, if you were picking teams, how many teams would you take before you just took the field? Like you, for example, you said, give me, give me the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Packers to win the Super Bowl, and yeah. you can have the field. Yes. And I agreed with that. I'm like, you know what? I don't want the field. Those are the three I'll teams. Take those three teams. If I could pick a fourth, I would pick the L.A. Chargers. If I could pick a fourth team to put on that protected list, yeah, I think the L.A. Chargers are going to be really, really, really good this year. Really good. Like yeah. that, that if it, and they should be really motivated by... You know, just last year, how the season ended. You mentioned it earlier that overtime loss to the to the Raiders, and um, but they're like they, they they've got a great quarterback, they've got great wide receivers, they run the ball really well, they've addressed the needs on defense. Like, yeah, they they could be one of those teams that really surprises everybody. I don't think that they're being overlooked, but I don't think they're being talked about in the same breath as Buffalo and Kansas City and uh, and some of the other teams that you may like in the AFC. I think that was because they, they weren't a playoff team last year. I mean, they, they didn't even make the postseason. And, and that game, if you don't remember, it was tremendously entertaining television. That game between the Chargers and the Raiders, Week 17, Sunday Night Football, all they had to do was tie each other, and they both get in. And it seemed like at times they were playing for the tie, and there was a lot of speculation that maybe they were just going to play for a tie so they both could get in. And then remember, the chart, Brandon Staley called that weird timeout when it looked like the Raiders were content to just take a knee and the Raiders were like, oh, okay, you're going to call a timeout? We'll run another play and try to kick the game-winning field goal. And then and they got in and the Steelers get in and the Chargers didn't get in. It was it was, it was great, really entertaining football. And that's kind of a rematch now of that one. All right, what else you want to go with? What else you got? Let's go with the Baker Mayfield game. Okay. Let's go with Baker uh, going up against his former team. I think the Panthers are a sneaky team to watch in the NFC. I you know, really do. I think they're sneaky. Was it was it Peter Schrager who when he was somebody had Dallas and Carolina just on the outside of the playoffs? Shine. Didn't mention your, your guy, Adam, Adam Shine. Shine. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how he's my guy. I've never talked to him once in my whole life, but he's my guy. Um, so because you love him, no, his voice annoys me. 
This is sad. Oh, his voice just annoys me. <laughs> the Arizona uh, Cardinals. Yeah. Now, listen. This is an interesting. You know, the, the that's an interesting game because he's going up against Jacoby Brissett, not Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. So Jacoby Brissett's the starting quarterback there. Now McCaffrey, whether he plays or not, right? He was on the injured list for Carolina. Um, we'll see. I mean, Carolina was not very good last year, but with Mayfield, there's a lot of people feel that they'll be pretty good. I mean, Mayfield, but you know. Mayfield is in in 59 career starts. He's 29 and 30. So he's not like this. Oh, uh, not know, at all. No, he's better than Darnold. I actually still like him. I think he could be a, a good quarterback in this league. I like Baker Mayfield. I think they made a good choice going with Baker. I think he'll you'll do a lot better with Baker. I think you could actually go to the playoffs with Baker. I'm not I'm not a guy that dislikes Baker, um, but that's just one game to watch. Now it's at Carolina. It's not at Cleveland, but still, it's against his former team. He's going to want you, know, and he's kind of hinted that he kind of wants to play really well against. Yeah, them. I'm not trying to make Baker out to be all that. I, I just think he's a dramatic upgrade over what they had last year in Sam Darnold. And I think he's he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to have something to prove. right? He, the one year they made the playoffs in Cleveland, he played so well and not getting that contract extension, having his fifth-year option get picked up, get traded, all of that stuff. I just think Baker is going to be a very inspired, motivated player this year. And, and I think that Carolina... Now, Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to stay healthy. I mean, let's not tell you that right year. now. He's, he's not going to stay healthy. Does. Nope. Tamper against Dallas. Sunday Night Football. You know that, that Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys? I did after reading this ESPN story today. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that before. Yeah, the only other quarterback with a minimum of five starts to be undefeated against Dallas is Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana never lost to Dallas. Tom Brady's never lost to Dallas. This is going to be another one of those games where we I just, have a, We just want to know. Is, I have a is feeling. Brady right or not? Yep. We just want to know. I have a feeling. Just I have a feeling know. he's not. I have a feeling he's not, and I want to... You think he's going to be Matthew Stafford-like? I... Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. Like, Father Time is undefeated. It's just Father Time doesn't lose. And Tom Brady has gotten to age 45 in which he's put Father Time in a headlock. Can he really do that one more year? It's bound to you, you get him. You want to see the headlines in the New York Post today? Giselle Bunchen, Tom Brady Rift is making it weird around the Buccaneers open. There it is. That's the headlines, the page six. It's a gossip columnist, and, but it's very accurate. Yeah. It's always a big thing when Giselle's coming to watch the game, but as of right now, there's none of that for Sunday's game. A source told people when she attends the game with some of the kids and all of this, it's very different than last year. She was excited to be here. Hold on a second. Around. I'm, I'm calling a timeout. I'm yeah, calling a timeout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just Cite People magazine on the Burns and Gambo show. People. Or, or is, I it thought, people? Or is it? Are you talking about people like. Oh, it is People magazine. <laughs> Maybe. I wasn't sure if you're Is that People magazine people right there with the, or, the, blue, the blue thing up top? Yes, you just quoted People yeah. magazine on That's the show. Right. That's a first. Yeah. People Magazine is reporting Giselle is currently not set to attend Tom Brady's first game. And you keep calling her the animal. It's Giselle. <laughs> not who, Giselle. who is? It's, uh, oh, am I mispronouncing yeah, it? It's, it's, it's not Giselle. She doesn't have horns, Gambo. <laughs> it's Giselle. Not Giselle. She's not fast like a gazelle. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows that there's tension, but we don't know how serious uh, it is. Yeah, well. Oh, uh, there's trouble in Loveland for I, Tom Brady. I don't know about Giselle. I don't know about Gazelle. I know that Father Time always wins, and I think Father Time's coming for Tom Brady this year. I do. I, I think we've never seen him be mortal. I know. I we've never seen him over the course of a season in a now a game. Yeah, but we've never seen Tom Brady be like, okay, he's not that good. Yeah, when we come back, I hope br- we see it. I hope so too. I, 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 
Yeah, you know what? I do kind of hope so, too. I, I, I hope we see it just because I want to know if it can actually happen or not. I want to enjoy it. It's not just an NFL football Friday. ASU, U of A, tough matchups, compelling matchups this weekend. And we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Yambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It's funny, I was surfing around the internet today, and I was on the athletic website, and they had uh, a preview of ASU's game against Oklahoma State, and I clicked on it, and I did a double-take gambo, because um, at first I saw the picks for the game, okay, and every single one of their riders picked ASU over Oklahoma State. And I looked at it, and I looked at it again, bless you, and I realized they were picking against the spread. Oh, okay. So they all picked ASU, yeah. but What's they the all... Spread? What's the spread? 11 and a half. Oh, is it that much? They all picked ASU to cover the spread again. Wow. I don't know if any of them actually picked ASU to win the game, but five for five, they picked ASU for what it's worth. And yeah, gamblers it's a tough place out to there. play. Yeah. Still, what is a tough place to play. Oklahoma State's won nine straight games there, so it is definitely a tough place to play. Now, a lot of people are going to point to their struggles against Central Michigan last week in that game. Oklahoma State's number 11 in the country. You could also point to ASU and their troubles on the road under Herm Edwards. Um, but that game was kind of out of hand, and then, you know, they pulled, you know, then Central Michigan was able to you know, make a about the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, the yeah, Oklahoma they, State game. They were yeah. up by like 30 when yeah. they pulled their starters in the fourth yeah. quarter. So I don't know if I look at that final score yeah, as they, a real indicator. Their quarterback, the Spencer Sanders kids, is real good. Leads the nation in total offense at 463 yards and six touchdowns in the opener. So they have a really good offense. They've got a really good coach in Gundy. And they play really, really well at home. So And they got a great wide receiver in Braden Johnson. So this is a tough, it's a tough game for ASU. Now they played really well against NAU. What I liked about the NAU, AU game is that they didn't struggle. There was no signs of a struggle. It got off to a slow start, but once they got on a roll, they just they clobbered NAU. So there was ne- there was no negatives really to take out of that game. I don't think they showed too much because they got up by a lot and then they kind of ran the ball. Yeah. Um, I loved the new kid, X Validate, the running back from Wyoming. I thought he was fantastic. The kid, Messiah Swinson, that we had on the tight end we had on earlier this week, uh, transfer from Mizzou. I liked him. I thought Emory Jones was really good. But again, it's NAU. Now you'll get a real gauge going on the road, playing Oklahoma State in Stillwater, a very good football team. We'll find out where ASU is. Can they can they keep it? Can they win? Can they keep can they make it a close game? Or does Oklahoma State blow them out? And remember, this is an Oklahoma State team. Won 12 games last year. They won the Fiesta Bowl. They, they beat Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. They, they lost a lot of guys defensively, but they still have a really good defensive line that, that they're really going to have to work hard to protect Emory Jones in this game because that defensive line can really get at it. And this Spencer Sanders, now he's the real deal. They're going to play up-tempo. They're going to get at it. He's going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to try to play as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about this and and the biggest X factor in this is just going to be ASU and sort of what we've come accustomed to seeing with them when they go on the road like this. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The penalties. BYU last year. They were intimidated in that environment. Utah last year. They were intimidated in that environment. They were discombobulated. They were, the communication was poor. The penalties were awful. Stillwater is a very intimidating place to play a football game. And they're going to be loud. They're going to be fired up. I, I don't think 
the Pac-12, Big 12 thing is going to play here. I mean, that's an angle to be sure because these two these two conferences are kind of competing with each other now. They've become rivals in this whole expansion game. I don't think that's going to have anything to do with this. I do think it's going to be a really daunting environment to play in. And to be honest, Herm's teams weren't ready for daunting environments last year. No, they blinked in daunting right. environments. There was a story in the major, the, I think it was the Daily Oklahoma, and, um, by their time, you know, Barry, uh, Barry Tremel. And, it, you know, it, it talked about, you know, ASU, and they want to be what Oklahoma State is. And at one time, they were kind of equal, but it says, you know, that they, this is, they want to be Oklahoma State. You look at Oklahoma State and the success they had, and this is where ASU kind of wants to be. And they talked about, you know, not since 80 85 through 87 when John Cooper's ASU teams went 25 9 and 2 and this have the Sun Devils won big and Cooper got hired away from Tulsa then left after three years for Ohio State but you know they go back to the mid 80s the last time ASU was a good consistent team and it says you know since then they've been okay at times solid but never anything special a couple outside of the Jake Plummer year in 91 and that's what you look at you look at this this program and they say you know they mentioned of course the sleeping giant name and everything which you know I'm glad so we don't talk about that about, anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they just, you know, the struggles of ASU. And then you look at the, the Oklahoma State and, you know, they've, they've done a really good job to become a strong, solid top 25 program every year. Every year. I'm looking at I'm looking at their year by year right now. Mike Gundy's first coaching year was 2005. And those early years were just okay. From 2010 on, he had double digit win seasons six different times. He's taken them to the Fiesta Bowl twice. He's taken them to the Sugar Bowl. He's taken them to the Cotton Bowl. He's taken them to the Alamo Bowl. He's he's last 13 years they're top 10 in the country in total victories. Yeah. Top 10 in the country, total it's, victories. It, it, it is, it's crazy to think. It's Actually, it's not crazy to think. They are a program you would want to be like if you're ASU. That's yeah. the kind of steady success that you You just said it. They were in the basketball last year. Yeah. They played Notre Dame. They had, a, they, had a, they had a bowl game that mattered that their fans said, oh, I want to go to that. Let's go to that game. Right, Fiesta yeah. Bowl, Arizona, Notre Dame, let's go. So while ASU has a big non-conference matchup in the Big 12, U of A has a big non-conference matchup in the SEC. I, I, I'm looking forward to to this Mike one. Leach and Mississippi yeah. States versus yeah. the University of Arizona. An SEC school. Now, Arizona played so well against San Diego State last week. It was 100 degrees in San Diego, but they went in there. They wore them out. The only bad play of the game was their punter punted the ball off of one of their own guys' backs in the end zone. But outside of that, they were terrific. I love the UTEP transfer. He's a local kid. I didn't know that, but he's a local kid. Uh, Jacob Cowing. DeLauren was great. This will be an interesting if Arizona can win this game against Mississippi State they are going to get some notice uh, but Delora to me he was he was fantastic last week I loved the way they were able to move the ball up and down the field against San Diego State they really t- San Diego State was good last year and they kind of blew him out the game to me was never really in doubt so we'll we'll see if they can actually win a second game in a row under Jed Fish yeah I think these are for, for two teams that have had, certainly, U of A's opener was more impressive than ASU 
games just given the quality of competition. But for two teams that were kind of pleasant surprises for how they played in week one, this is a major upgrade in competition for week two. Major, and I, yeah. I'll be curious to see which team rises to the challenge more, U of A or ASU. Well, their quarterback has been in Leach's offense now for three years. He knows how to run that offense really, really well. So it's another team going to play at a high pace, going to try to score a lot of points. you got to try to match that. Um, it's the longest road trip that the Bulldogs are going to make uh, that they've made in six years. Yeah. So this is the furthest that they've come. But, hey, listen, this is a fun game for if you're Arizona. This is a fun game to play in. You get an injury. You get an injury. You get an injury. Everybody on the Cardinals apparently has an injury. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.